0: Welcome to the Leanne McCoy Podcast. On this podcast, we talk about a lot of things, mostly prayer, but also spiritual warfare, parenting adult kids, and what it's like to be a church lady in an increasingly post-Christian world. This is the place where I contemplate things that are far too wonderful for me. It's also where I share interviews with people whose lives have greatly influenced mine and where I remind you and me that no matter what we're going through, God's got this. I'm Leanne McCoy, and this is my podcast, I thought it would be fun to podcast our way through the Advent season, and in case you need a quick tutorial on the candles and the colors and the weeks, here's what we're doing at our house. Week one, this week, the word is hope, and we're going to light one of our purple candles. On week two, the word is peace, and once again, we'll light another purple candle. On week three, the word is joy. And joy has its own pink candle in our wreath. On Christmas Eve, the word is love. And this again is a purple candle. We have a five-candle wreath. On Christmas Day, we'll light the white candle and the name is Jesus. So my goal is to have a podcast each week. Of course, I'll have to pile up a couple of podcasts in that final week in order to get them all in. And, um... Hopefully, in my podcast, I'll inspire you with that very word that we're contemplating all of that week during this season, and it is my prayer for you and for me that by the time Christmas gets here, every wick on each of those candles has evidence that it's been burnt. And that will tell us that we have had the time together with whomever it is that we're doing it with to celebrate and really take time to reflect on what the real meaning of the season is. And don't forget, my friends, the holidays belong to the Lord. Hope. We're going to do Advent this year, even if I have to move heaven and earth to make it happen. Every year, I place a beautiful wreath on our table. The wreath was handmade by our worship pastor's wife's father, who has now gone to heaven and celebrates Christmas each year right there at the throne of Jesus. Um, The candles in the holders, though, in this wreath, to often look just as brand spanking new when Christmas has come and gone, as they did when I placed them in there when I pulled it out to decorate my Christmas, my Christmas table. So this year, somehow we're going to find a day each week of December In each of the weeks, at least one day where we can gather around the table as a family and light the candle for that week. Talk about what that word is and really allow ourselves a few minutes to share together in um, what this Christmas season is all about for those of us who worship Jesus. We'll eat something everyone likes so we don't get too emotional about the food and we'll share our hearts with each other. At least that's the plan. I'll let you know how it goes as we go along. And as I'm preparing for our very first week to do this, and I know today is Tuesday, so we got to do it quickly. In fact, it's scheduled and planned to be done tonight. Our word for this week of the Advent is hope. Hope is often used like this. I hope it doesn't rain tomorrow when we're planning to have our Christmas market. Now, I actually heard that said last week because there was a huge Christmas market that was going on in Thompson Station right across the street from the church. This particular use of the word hope is kind of like throwing our desire to the wind and simply hoping that it blows in our direction to give us what we want. Well... It did rain last Saturday for the Christmas market in Thompson Station, but it didn't seem to stop the crowds from going. There was a a terrible traffic jam right there on Highway 31 that was caused by the market that was held at the historic home right across the street from our church. And the reason that it was causing such havoc with our traffic was because people were getting out and sloshing about in the rain a little bit, but they were having to park in our church's parking lot and then walk across the street to get to the market. So, goodness, on a Saturday when we have two lanes where we ought to have five and um, everybody tends to be out, I think especially last Saturday, even though it was rainy because of all the Christmas parades and the things that were going on. Anyway, we hoped it wouldn't rain, but it rained anyway. Back to hope. (laughs) Biblical hope isn't like this tossing our wishes to the wind, knowing that the future is uncertain. Biblical hope is certain. Here's what John Piper said about it. Ordinarily, when we express hope, we're expressing uncertainty, but this is not the distinctive biblical meaning of hope. And the main thing I want to do this morning, this is what he said, I'm quoting him and he's like preaching a sermon. He says, the main thing he's going to do that morning is to show his people from scripture that biblical hope is not just a desire for something good in the future, but rather biblical hope is a confident expectation and desire for something good. the future let me read that again biblical hope is not just a desire for something good in the future but rather biblical hope is a confident expectation and desire for something good in the future there you go he goes on to say that when the bible says hope in god it doesn't mean cross your fingers it means expect great things from god we base our hope on the character of god and we base our understanding of the character god of god on the track record of god i'm getting older which simply means i keep waking up another day and that cancer didn't take me out at 48 years old and now that i'm older i can say that i've known some people for a very long time and now that i've had the opportunity to observe them from a distance and to experience many of them in relationship to me i have a great understanding of their character i understand who they are and therefore, I can anticipate what they might do in the future based on my understanding of who they are, which is based on my experiences with them, both observing them and also in personal relationship. It's the same way with God. We get to observe observe him. Sorry, my tongue is not working good today. We get to observe him <laughs> in relationship to his chosen people throughout the Old Testament and then with the church in the New Testament. We get to see him in earthly action as a man and as God through Jesus. And then we've gotten to know him personally for some time. If we've invited him to participate in our lives, like Psalm 37, 24 through 25 says that he will do. You remember Psalm 37, 24 and 25, don't you? The New Living Translation says these verses are like this. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Though they stumble, they will never fall For the Lord holds them by the hand. If we've done that, then when we place our hope in the Lord, we don't just close our eyes, cross our fingers, hold our breath and wish. We take a deep breath, determined in our mind and our heart to trust God. And we wait patiently for him to make good on the promises that he's made to us. This is an active, deliberate, daily decision to put our hope in God listen to what norman vincent peel said about hope and i found this on guideposts website here are some of the truest most beautiful words ever written why my soul are you downcast why so disturbed within me put your hope in god for i will yet praise him my savior and my god that's psalm 42 verse 5. hope is a small word but it's one of the most powerful why because in hope lies the power of the human soul to turn to God and live as if his promises are going to come true. Be strong and take heart, all you who hope in the Lord, Psalm 31, 24. Don't you love that? What he said is, why is hope such a powerful word? Because in hope lies the power of the human soul to turn to God and live as if his promises are going to come true. All right, I'm continuing on with Norman Vincent Peale. Some people think hope is an emotion. I'm feeling hopeful, they say. But true hope is a discipline, a determination to believe in God's reality and power, even when the world seems to be crashing down around you. That is the genius and the power of hope. It flies in the face of calamity saying, the world can do its worst to me, but still I will hope. Still, I will know that this is the day the Lord has made and he will take care of me. The key to surviving any challenge or crisis is hope. Hope that Jesus loves you. Hope that he is right now working out a solution for you. Hope that the future you place in his hands will be better than the present you hold on your own. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. You know that verse, Jeremiah 29, 11. Practice this hope, even if you have to will yourself to do it. With its power, you will overcome all things. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Ah, that just might be one of my favorite verses in all of Scripture. When my granddaughter Misty was four, her mom and I were shopping. I think I've shared this story before, but I'm going to share it again. And while we were shopping, we were in the toy section, and, re- and Misty kept on finding things that she wanted to have. And finally, her mom, trying to teach her the value of money and that you don't just get to have everything your little heart has a whim for, she says to Misty, Misty, do you have any money? To which Misty looked at her mama very seriously and said, No, I don't need dollars. I've got a Nana. (laughs) She knew exactly what to say, didn't she, to get to going on what it was that she was um, after. And she did indeed have a Nana, much to her mom's chagrin. And I just laughed and of course had to buy something to prove to her that I was certainly a reliable source of income. But for this telling of hope in this podcast, God wants us to live our lives with this kind of confidence in his compassion for us his power to satisfy us and his delight in doing so. When he invites us to approach his throne of grace with confidence, this is what he's talking about. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. That's Hebrews 4, 16. It dawned on me one day that the way I enter the throne room of God, in other words, the way I approach him in prayer, reflects what I believe about him and how good my relationship is with him. If you can go into his throne room with confidence, then you know he's for you. You know he's good to you. You know he loves you. If you're hindered from doing that, either you don't know, you've been disappointed, you're hurting right now, or you know you've broken your relationship with him. My prayer for you this week is that you can work that out and be reminded that no matter what's going on in your life now, God is for you. He has good in store for you, even out of the ashes. If you strayed away from him, he's still for you. He has good in store for you and is eager to restore a relationship with you. The beautiful reality of Christmas is that hope came to us in the God-man person of Jesus. When he came, he fulfilled over 300 prophecies, words written by men in the Old Testament regarding his birth, life, death, and resurrection. Even today, we see evidence of prophecies being fulfilled. In Isaiah, we read this, Even the wilderness and desert will be glad in those days. The wasteland will rejoice and blossom with spring crocuses. Yes, there will be an abundance of flowers and singing and joy. The deserts will become as green as the mountains of Lebanon, as lovely as Mount Carmel or the plain of Sharon. There the Lord will display his glory, the splendor of our God. That's Isaiah 35, 1 and 2. My friends, I've seen this with my own eyes. Today, farmers harvest crops in the deserts of Israel through technology that is, and the favor of God that is astounding. I've seen bananas, dates, grapes, citrus fruits, mango, corn, wheat, avocados, dates, and potatoes are their three largest foods exported. It's crazy how much harvest there is out of the deserts in Israel. We're seeing the reality of this Old Testament uh, prophecy in our day today. My friends, we can put our hope in God. He is still proving himself faithful to his word. He's doing just what Jeremiah said he would do. He's watching over his word to perform it. Course, his timing is different than ours often, and therein lies the hard part. But what if the hard part is really the best part? Because God's doing things in his higher and his better ways. And what if the things God's doing are better than the thing we're wishing he'd do now? I can pretty much guarantee you they are. Here's a final word I found about hope this week. I'm going to share this one tonight over spaghetti and salad. For those who wait, what if the seemingly endless delay is full of gifts you wouldn't receive any other way? What if walking in the wilderness is the point? What if waiting in the stillness is the joy? What if the roots need to burrow down deeper so the fruit will be that much sweeter? What if the waiting makes the heart grow stronger just as absence makes the heart grow fonder? What if it's less about getting to the other side and more about the slow transformation taking place deep inside? What if the best things don't happen overnight and time is actually on your side? What if you really truly are not in control and all you can do is let it unfold? What if God hasn't forgotten his plans for you? He's simply inviting you to lean in and pay close attention to what he's about to do. What if when it seems like nothing is happening at all, that's right when God is saying, I am still faithful. What if it looks really different than you thought it would, but even then it could still be really, really good. (laughs) Isn't that great? And here's the prayer that was included at the end of this, what if um, kind of poem statement. And this is, it sums up this whole um, conversation about hope very well. Lord, I desire more of you. There are so many what-if questions in my life. Help me to look to you before I look inward. Father, would you remind me of your character, of your incredible goodness? My hope is in you. Teach me to draw close. Amen. Thank you as always for listening to my podcast. I do hope that you are preparing for a very special Christmas celebration in your home. I hope that you experience God in rich ways throughout the season. We're still offering our special little Trusted More gift box for all the women in your life. In this box, you'll find one of our great Trusted More t shirts, a Trusted More journal. Um, A copy of my book, A Woman's Guide to Hearing God's Voice, a prayer clinic, God's Got This coffee mug that has gotten rave reviews, by the way. It's just a perfect size, a perfect shape, and it's thick enough to keep your coffee hot, but I'm giving it to you with a couple of my favorite herbal teas, and that is Lemon Loaf. And um, I believe I'm putting a bar of scented soap in this package. Just a lot of fun things that you can give to any woman in your life who you um, just want to bless and maybe encourage them to, uh, again, put their hope, their confident expectation in the Lord as they trust Him more. And as always, please share this podcast with a friend who might need their hope restored. I look so forward to sharing peace with you next week.